Hi there, welcome back. And I saw that Midas Touch was live, so let's go check that out, man. Tomorrow he's going to be indicted again. Yeah! Oh yeah! Very great. Excellent stuff. Can't wait. Jack's got the goods. DeSantis humiliated goods. Jack Smith, uh, Trump says Jack Smith will indict and DeSantis cries. Found these case. results. Jupy used a two Santa Clauses tactic to call him. I don't know. Economic scam to manipulate. Donald him. Trump just posted that he expects to be indicted by Tomorrow? special counsel mm -hmm. Jack Smith. Mm -hmm. This follows a yeah. bombshell report from the Washington Post that just came out today stating that Donald Trump directed his aides at Mar-a-Lago to move boxes containing classified material, get this, the Dress day rehearsals. before the DOJ arrived on June 3rd, 2022, in response to a subpoena, this a.k.a. Might have said, of course, it's called Trump says Jack Smith will indict and DeSantis crashes. This was just posted two hours ago. Obstruction. The Washington Post report also states that Trump held, quote, dress rehearsals for hiding classified documents from the Department of Justice in the event they conducted a search. Also, that Trump kept classified material in his office in public view, which he showed to visitors and that Trump engaged in obstructive conduct after the August 2022 search by the Department of Justice. Buckle up! We expect indictment tomorrow. Dress rehearsal. Ron DeSantis is clearly not ready for prime time. Ron DeSantis had the most disastrous announcement for the launch of a presidential campaign in the history of America. I I'm not just talking about President of the United States. I'm talking about middle school student <laughs> government president. Yeah, yeah. My launch by car when I the president of my middle school was better. No more soggy pizza in the cafeteria. <laughs> what a platform. What a platform. Was that the platform? Yeah, no more soggy pizza. Soggy a soggy pizza, pizza platform is a good platform, <laughs> and no more soggy pizza is a good platform. The group known as the Oath Keeper, Stuart Rose and Kelly Meg, who were previously convicted of seditious conspiracy, who look like every freaking bad guy night, in any movie you ever seen, were sentenced to big prison sentences today. And by the way, the Department of Justice remains undefeated in getting guilty convictions in all of their trials against January 6th insurrectionists. That number is in the hundreds of trials and basically nearly a thousand convictions. Just think about those numbers. Republicans, by the way, well, they fled Washington, D.C., leaving America on the brink of a default on our debt. If they just left, okay, the United States Constitution, which Republicans pretend to care about, obviously they don't, but in Section 4 of the 14th Amendment, it states, quote, the validity of the public debt of the United States 
shall not be questioned. Shall not be questioned. Yet, MAGA Republicans not only question it, they intentionally use it to hold America and Austin. the world economy evil, but I wouldn't expect anything less from the modern-day MAGA Republican from cult, right? The same Republican Party that before they pledged held a hearing on the gas stove conspiracy that they mm -hmm. created. Seriously, the hearing that they held in the House of Representatives, I had to check if it was real, was based on their gas stove conspiracy. Modern-day MAGA Republicans, honestly, are the most fiscally irresponsible and frankly irresponsible people in general in everything they do. I'll, I'll just give you two other examples, right? Today the treasurer of the most prominent Republican political action committee group, the group that runs CPAC, resigned over massive financial impropriety that he observed being committed by the leader of that group and also a committee in Texas that was appointed by the Republican House of Representatives recommended that the Republican Attorney General, Ken Paxton, be impeached for his financial impropriety. Ken Paxton's response was to call the Republican Speaker of the House in Texas a liberal and then demand that he resign. Folks, so that's what's going on. We'll talk about all of that and more here on the Midas Podcast. Brett and Jordy. I call that DeSantis thing. I said, I said exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, we, we were talking about it all week. Not sure on here, but yeah, yeah. then put it out in public on the tweet to have it on the record. But we've been saying ever since this whole Twitter space with DeSantis was announced, we were all talking internally to each other, and we were like, this thing is going to be an absolute failure. Like, it's so obvious. The writing's on the wall. Everything about this is set up to be an absolute disaster. Why would he do this? And you just realize, you know, this whole week, whether it's from the death dealing to the DeSantis launch, what we're seeing in Texas, EPAC, it really shows just, this is an encapsulated Republican Party. I mean, it's like incompetence meets bad faith, meets malpractice, meets evil, meets cynicism. It's just everything wrapped up in a tidy bow for us all to see. And it's really getting exposed these last few days with all these things kind of coalesced before our eyes. Jordy, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. The DeSantis thing was hilarious. And, and I said this last time we're on the show. Look, Ben's predictions, uh, the, the, the kid does not miss. And, Brett, I, I give it to you, too. Like, both you guys have just been on fire. It's on record. You can go back to the podcast and listen to the predictions and just, like, very data-driven, just very smart approach. Every time you hear me, me, Jordy, have a differing opinion from the other two brothers, just go with the other two brothers at this point because they have proven <laughs> to not be wrong. Well, Jordy, your prediction was what? Just remind everybody. Yeah, why don't you relax, Ben? We don't need a big <laughs> history over here. So I, I just, just to bring it back, because I did then walk it back immediately the next episode, there was one moment where I said, I don't think DeSantis is going to run. He's going to lose Florida if he announces the presidential bid to Trump, which I still think he will. He's going to uh, just honestly make a jerk of himself. And at the time, I was looking at a data point, which was there was a law on the book that needs to be overturned by the state legislature in Florida, which didn't allow a sitting governor to run for president. And so it, it kind of came down to the 11th hour there, whether or not that was going to be overturned or changed or updated. And they got the vote, and I see Brett with his hand up, so I'll let him chime in. Well, Jordy said he only said it on one episode. I actually made a montage of all the episodes 
that Jordy set it on, and we're going to play that right now. I'm just kidding, Jordy. <laughs> 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 I, I told you, Jordy, I said, look, let me, let me abolish all of your data points. I said, Jordy, you're a little bit younger than me, but you don't understand the fragility of the malignant, narcissistic male ego. And somebody like DeSantis, it is an actual sickness. He can see the writing on the wall, but he, he still will be the writing on the wall, but he won't be able to see it at all. And that's exactly what happened. Just totally and utterly incompetent. We will get to that in a moment. But I want to start off this episode by framing it in the gaslighting that large media networks do. This is the frustration, I think, that we all have here uh, within the pro-democracy community. Because the media is just so wrong. Like, you know, I'm not just talking about in the right wing fashion echo chamber. I'm talking about even places like the New York Times, where they come up with this idea of let's just tell this both sides story and they legitimize the extremists. They legitimize the extremists who are trying to destroy them. And the issue is, is that, by the way, like their polling is based on that framework, which is erroneous to begin with. But like most Americans look at that and go, what are you talking about? The great thing that I like to do here on the Midas Touch Network with a lot of the news hits that we do and on the podcast is we just show you the clips sometimes. And we just shut up. And we go, take a look at that. Like, what does that look like to you? Because people don't need to see something and then have someone tell them that what they just saw is something different. We've seen it. Like, we, we know what extremism looks like. We know it's crazy when Republicans send congressional delegations to sing songs with January 6th insurrectionists. You don't have to give me a story that there's extremism on both sides. I don't need to hear that. It's the craziest thing in the world. They're making iTunes beats. They're singing tracks with terrorists. No, that's freaking crazy fascist stuff right there. And American people know it. I see the comments. I see the conversation of people saying what the MAGA Republicans did before January 6th is unforgivable. What they've done since January 6th is treasonous and traitorous. But take a look at this post by the New York Times. Today. You know where their coverage is going to go. It is the it is both sidesism right there. They call it the fight to define extremism. On the one hand, they've got the Democrat Jamal Bowman. On the other hand, they've got the MAGA Republican Byron Donald, who supports every single thing that Donald Trump does. And this is what they say. The article goes, Conversations with two lawmakers reveal how the parties regard and exploit the other side when it comes to questions of extremism. And it's called the run-up. That's what they're calling this ridiculous crew who gets an F-minus for this. Two things are true. Both sidesism can flatten the realities of political extremism in this country. Okay, maybe they're figuring it out, maybe, right? And many voters really do see the Democratic and Republican parties as equally extreme as The parties know this. And they're fighting to convince voters that it's the other side that's gone too far. That Republicans are the party of Donald Trump, election denial, January 6th, and six-week abortion ban, and that Democrats are the party of wokeism and the squad. 
seriously, on the one hand, you've got Republicans who support treason and destroying our democracy. On the other hand, you've got Democrats of all humans. There's extremism here, Bretton Woods. It's just ever, also extreme here. Yeah, on the one hand, you have a party trying to overthrow the United States government, uh, threatening minimum wage employees at Target, throwing things on the floor, uh, just trying to consistently uh, destroy all institutions in the United States of America. On the other side, you have some people who believe that transgender people have a right to exist and, uh, and don't want a theocracy in America and push back against uh, that sort of hatred. And then get told, oh, you're, being, you're trying to cancel me by being against my hateful ways. They can't even define wokeism uh, you know, in you. the first place. And they want to make that the crux of the argument here. And anytime anybody tries to tell me, you know, well, this is a little outrageous, right? I mean, look at, look, look at this. Look at what this person said. This, this person said an outrageous thing on the left. This is what the left is all about. And they show me that clip. My first responsibility is who is, who is, who, who, who is this person you're showing me? I would like to know. Are they a party leader? Are, are they are they're, they're a justice? Uh, what, what, what are they? Because I'll show you a billion people in the Republican Party in positions of power who are actually doing extremist stuff that actually have control over your lives. Not whatever random person lives with TikTok found to make a caricature out of the left. It's such an outrageous, outrageous false equivalency that everybody just likes to jump on and cross these mainstream channels, especially, you know, some of the, you have like a Bill Barr, who's like, this whole thing is about, like, oh, the wokeness has gone too far. It's like, just shut up. You know what it it's is? Like, too, it's like, they get some, like, first of all, like Bill Barr, for example, the majority has strong feelings on this. It's like, you're not canceled. You have a television show on HBO. Okay, where you're making like $10 million a year. All these people crying about being canceled, like you're not being canceled, like you are a wealthy, affluent person. That because somebody wrote a mean tweet about you, in, you know, that, that you get really sensitive about, that's how you feel canceled. Because you've said some offensive stuff sometimes, you know, the very nature of your previous show was called Politically Incorrect. You may have upset people who wanted to criticize you, and, and, and you're that thin-skinned where you feel that that is a destruction of your identity. It's all these, like, thin, thin men who are just so emotional. Yeah. It's like, you, you're being criticized, buddy. You, you know, that comes with the turf, okay? You're being criticized. You're not being canceled. It's such a whiny BS thing, but then here you have New York Times like buys into this thing. Like we'll talk about Ron DeSantis, you know, you know, right now in his announcement. But what was more frightening than even how incompetent he was was the stuff he said afterwards when he then went on Fox and they tried to promote the crap out of him and tried to basically protect him from the incompetence about a Marxist, wokeist, mind virus. I'm like, what the, what are you talking about? A Marxist, wokeist, mind virus? Like, there's real things to talk about. And in a normal media culture, in a normal media environment, every media that cared about our democracy would be saying exactly what we're saying here. We know that's what the people feel. We, we know that because the movement that's developed here are all people cutting their core things. 
What the heck are they saying? What are these people even even seeing? So let's talk about the Elon Musk and let's get to that. Point. So just so you can put up my prediction where I said this is what was going to happen. I made this prediction for the event right here. And I wrote, the fans of Twitter's faces announcement will be a disaster. Twitter is glitchy. Elon bad at interviews. Too hard for DeSantis to figure out. Trump can go off. DeSantis has a going voice. Can't control a nerve. Look like Elon Puffin. Shows very poor judgment. I mean, look, the reality is, with me making that prediction is like saying LeBron James may score a basket in one of the games that he plays, you know, because the data is fairly reflective of that. Pull up that other photo of Ron DeSantis. Just some highlights that informed my analysis. He put on a mask the wrong way. He didn't know how to put on a mask. He wiped his snot. Remember when DeSantis was called snot? Someone who was at his event shoulder. He randomly before the story even began like he has like so lack of connection to humanity that he doesn't know that you laugh and that's why that's why it's good that he linked up with somebody who's incredibly social and uh charismatic like an elon musk right to to help him really carry that conversation along so you do the thing on twitter freaking spaces which you're guaranteed to have a very small audience. Because I know people believe on Twitter that Twitter's like everything. It actually has a very small market share. Not that many people use Twitter spaces. Since Elon's taken it over, Twitter is just super glitchy. It like breaks every day. There's always a few hours of the day where there's something wrong with Twitter. And there's no way that Twitter spaces was going to work the way no it There's There was no way. And so sure enough, that's what happened. We're going to play this little clip because it gets super annoying after a while. We, we did a very small montage of what took place during this launch event. Mind you, mind you, mind you. <laughs> this Ron DeSantis has all the money all the advisors in the world to plan this thing. And this is what they've come up with. Play this clip. It starts off with eight and a half minutes of silence into this. Okay. Got Elon, Ron, and David Sachs, venture capitalist who works with Elon. It's David Sachs here. Uh, Elon is sitting next to me. And we, want, and we want to welcome you to this historic Twitter Spaces event and more broadly a first in the history of social media. Uh, tonight, I'm pleased to introduce two individuals who've done more to loosen the. Up, oh, it's off. All right, sorry about that. We we've got so many people here that I think we are we are uh, kind of melting the servers, uh, which is a good sign. Um, might have surprised many, but not those of us who've known and worked with Elon for nearly a quarter century. His commitment to freedom and his willingness to put his money where his mouth is, upset the narrative of his whole entire government by our government. He kept Florida schools open. You know where it's going to head after. It was like that for 20 minutes they were trying to get the thing going, and it was not working. And then at the end of it, they tried to claim that it had all these views. But you know, any time anybody logged on during the silence, even if if it was for less than a second, it counts as a view. And so what they don't realize is there was they could claim all the views they want. A lot of people clicked it and then turned off or didn't listen and there were problems and the whole thing was an absolute mess, an absolute embarrassment. And that's how Ron DeSantis decided to launch his presidential campaign. And that was not just done in a vacuum. I just want to say, Ben, before you start hitting the other stuff, I mean, this followed weeks and weeks of continuous stumbles on the campaign trail. We watched that ridiculous foreign tour 
that Ron DeSantis did where he did the bobblehead thing and, and he like yelled at the reporters in Israel. It was one thing after the next after the next. We saw from the, some of the photos that Ben showed up, we saw Ron DeSantis wiping his snot in New Hampshire. We are in, I think that was in Iowa. We saw his other interaction in New Hampshire where the guy said, hi, my name is Tom. And he said, okay. And then just walked away. Um, and the other thing in Iowa where the guy goes, Mr. DeSantis, I drove two hours. I drove two hours to see you, Mr. DeSantis. It's such an honor to meet you. He goes, oh, that's cool. And then he just walks away. The guy had the worst few weeks ever for any sort of fake political candidate on the state presidential tour. And then his one moment to reset is this brilliant, and obviously being sarcastic, Twitter spaces, which shows such a lack of judgment right there. And then that was the result that we got. Here's the thing, though. It wasn't that he just had three bad weeks. It's that for the past three weeks, people outside of Florida have got to actually see him. This is who he is. He is a weird, little, strange person. Huh? And, and, and he projects his hatred, his self-hatred, because he knows what a putrid and vile person he is. So he has this nastiness. Like a lot of these which they want everybody to be as miserable as them. We all want to go on with our lives. We want to go for a walk. We want to watch the movies we like, shop where we like, you know, have friends with who we want to be friends with. We don't need the government being used by Republicans to control our rights, control the bodies of women. They are miserable people. They want you to feel their misery. And a lot of it stems from that. And so the data points, Jay, when you look at well, what's motivating Trump or Marjorie Taylor Greene or Lauren Boebert, what's motivating them? If you look at their underlying miserable pathology, okay, they want you to feel like them. And it's a, it, is, it is a sickness. It is a sickness, which is why the most in, one of the most important things we talk about here on the Midas Network of Optimism is love, is compassion. We don't just say those things as buzzwords. It's because the whole agenda, as we talk about it with MAGA Republicans, is to bring you down, to wear you out. So they can control you and suck you in to their miserable, freaking existence. But let's watch what Ron DeSantis did in the evening. So after he had that horrible appearance, oh, by the way, a great troll by Joe Biden. I should mention this. Uh, show, Joe Biden uh, put a link to his campaign website and says, this link works. This is while it was happening also. It was in the middle of the tech issues. It was so genius. You know, but before we go into the clip, I just want to say, you know what pisses me off the most, honestly? It, it, it goes even beyond, oftentimes, it's beyond the main people. It's beyond people like DeSantis or beyond people like Musk or beyond people like Trump. It's the people 
crew just back them up no matter what, pretend like nothing's wrong, and are the enablers. The enablers, to me, are the absolute worst. And all the people on Team DeSantis, or all the people on, like, the David Sachs guy who's a venture capitalist who has a, a podcast who's uh, invested in Twitter and has been Elon wrong about everything. Literally wrong about everything. Tries to cause a run on the banks. Like, like for a guy, it just shows you that having billions of dollars does not make you very bright. This guy is legitimately incorrect about everything. And then after, instead of just saying, like, like, can we bring this back, people? Instead of just saying, like, yeah, you know what, it's going to go as planned. But, you know, it's new tech, what are you going to do? Uh, you know, we'll, we'll try our best. We're going to do a new uh, We're gonna do a new thing in Florida. It's going to be great. We're going to get all of our people together. No, instead of that, what do you do? It went perfectly. That was exactly what we wanted. Look at all the attention we're getting for this. That was an amazing announcement. We had the most people listening of any stream ever in the history of streams. Like, none of that was true. It was disaster. Totally yeah, he totally spiced it. Spiced it. And that person to me is even worse than the like when you're Putin did. That's just the playbook of the authoritarian. Yeah. The, um, the denazification in Ukraine is going exactly as planned. This is we are making major progress on the. It's it's all lies. It's everything. Yeah. It, it is exactly. It goes back to what you said in the beginning, Ben, which is if I watch the clip, I know what I saw. Yeah. Do not tell me what I saw with my own lying eyes. How about that? I saw what happened. So don't gaslight me and tell me that that disaster, which you heard two or 20 minutes of, was a huge resounding success and was everything you hoped and dreamed. Shut up. And that's what this whole movement is built on. Just lying to you and gaslighting you. Do we not. have the video? I'll, I'll go out of order here a little bit. Do we have the video of... Brett loves, God, God, Brett loves when you do that. It really helps. Set it up, though. Set it up. Go ahead. The GOP, I think she's a county chair now. In the is it in the Georgia Republican Party? Yeah. She's 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 got a major role in the Republican Party in Georgia. She just did an interview. GOP county chair, big important role. So, Brett, as you talk about these like enablers, when we talk about the people who are furthering them, like. It is a MAGA Republicanism is a community built on what we're about to say. So I, I will let you see it with your own eyes. Okay? Watch what happens in this interview with a GOP, one of the GOP chairs, okay, in Georgia right now. Play this clip. More and more, I'm like, it doesn't make sense. So is it or not? I don't know 100%, but it's just, it doesn't make sense other way. How did you see it? People that defend the globe don't know anything about the globe because if they knew a tenth of what Matt and I know about the globe, it would be flat earthers because it's absolutely ridiculous. I, I can't unsee this. All the globes everywhere. I turn on TV, there's globes in the background. There's globes on there right here. Like this would be a globe if I was a normal person. Like everywhere there's globes. You see them all the time. I mean, it's constant. My children are about mama. Globes, 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 globes. They're everywhere. And that's what they do to brainwash. And so, for me, if it is not a conspiracy, if it is, you know, real, why are you pushing so hard everywhere I go, every store, to buy globes, the globes everywhere, every movie, every Fucking TV show, news media, why? Why? So, assess for yourself how that makes you feel right there. And I could show you, like, countless clips of this. 
But Brett, to your point, these aren't random people. She's someone who has decision-making power in the Republican Party. And I'll give you just another example. She ran for governor. Real, real quick, how, how about when she accidentally told on herself during that whole rant when she said, if I was a normal person, I would... That was lunacy. That was, they look, that's how, but, but listen, inside into their mind, that's how they approach every issue. So, mm. it's, oh, there's pride merch at Target, like there's been every single year for decades? It must be a conspiracy to turn your kids gay and trans. That must be, it's the world conspiracy LGBTQ agenda that they're trying to indoctrinate your kids. Oh, there's Globe. Agenda. There's Globe. I saw Globe on the TV. It's indoctrinating that round earth agenda when you know <laughs> the earth is flat. They're always looking for the conspiracy. They've never seen a conspiracy that isn't like. That's how they view the world. And to your point, they look for it. They drive to the target. They walk to the section. They hold the item. And then they go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for someone to clip that. You don't have to go there. That's the great thing about freedom, real freedom. You, if you don't like that, if, if you don't want your children to see that, just don't go there, okay? You don't have to go to that section, okay? You can see it, you can just walk past it, okay? You walk up to it and hold the item and then get angry about it. To your point, you are looking for the conspiracy to find a reason to hate people. And again, I could fill up the whole show with examples like that. I'm not. I'm just do a whole show where it's like this. We just start like pissed off about things. It's, you know, it's like the family guy. You know what really grinds my gears? And it's just two hours of this. Tennessee Republicans, the Tennessee Speaker of the House, appointed a woman to write and state social study standards who says 9-11 was an inside job that the 2020 election was stolen from Trump. That January 6th insurrectionists were really Antifa. That Barack Obama created tornadoes. That is how the curriculum in social studies in Tennessee will be taught because the tennis Republicans appointed her to oversee that curriculum. I, 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 again, when we see this, okay, we recognize that that is insane, that that is crazy, that that is dangerous. So I don't need the New York Times or freaking CNN or someone to tell me that I am being extreme for being repulsed by this. I am not. All I'm saying is I respect the basic decency of human beings and their right to exist and their humanity. And I am passionate towards their very existence. That's not a radical lefty agenda position to have. I think that's where we should all be on the normal human being spectrum. We could all agree that Obama's probably just <laughs> this is insane. It's absolutely insane that they give this woman the power to dictate the education that your child. What's the term? Is it cacosocracy, which is basically putting the most incompetent people in positions of power who do not have that sort of power? That is how Russia works. That is how the Republican Party works. It is insane and 
playbook. They want to destroy these institutions. And meanwhile, it's also a cause and effect of their own doing with a piece like that from the New York Times. You know, you go, they spend all week long, all week long, writing pieces about the woke. Woke this, woke that, woke indoctrination. They do a ton of a ton of op-ed. And then they do it. Why do so many Americans think the left is too woke and extreme? Well, what have you been pushing in your paper every single day? That message. And then you're surprised when the data that? I'm, I mean, you are crafting this narrative, which is completely And then Biden released this rapid response video. Uh, I will play because you want to show the link once first. Or, or the Wait, let's, let's, let's go to the video and I will, uh, I'll narrate the video because it's a lot of fun. That was something that, that we were very proud to do. So I would embrace proposals, uh, you know, like Paul Ryan offered. I'm not, I'm not a candidate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, audio is going to have a It was too quick for me to talk over. So I, I, like, I, mean, I like how you abandoned shit. I called the audible yeah, mid midway yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, I, was, I was like, this is not going to work. Yeah, the, the, last, the last one was hilarious. So the last one for the audio listeners. Uh, actually, go to our YouTube channel. No, I'll, I'll tell you. The last one for the audio listeners said, like, can you launch a presidential campaign? And it had the feedback of the event that occurred. By the way, show it to audio listeners. Like, that's not our feed. That, that's not happening on the yeah. Microsoft Podcast Network. They're guys. like, they're that's having the audio some audio issues. No, that, that was the Twitter feed from uh, the, the, the imperfect launch, if you will. Everybody remember, we should do a montage of, like, famous presidential announcements throughout history, and you have, like, you know, Reagan doing his announcement, you have, uh, you know, Obama doing his announcement, you have Clinton doing his announcement, and then you have DeSantis. <laughs> Why would you do it? It's just, you know, because he's incompetent. Like, like it's a microcosm of what, you, what will happen, everything they do is incompetent and wrong. But play this clip right here where he's asked on Fox after that. He's asked a very simple question about, like, well, what would you do with Ukraine? Um, and ultimately his response is something about the woke mind virus, this or that. We have that clip, right? Yeah, I have the woke mind virus. Let me see if I can get the other Ukraine while we play this one. Well, first of all, the woke mind virus is basically a cultural Marxism. At the end of the day, it's an attack on the truth. And because it's a war on truth, I think we have no uh, choice but to wage a war on woke. It's just to wage a war on woke. Okay, so to any, like, if you walked down the street and you said that sentence to somebody, the woke mind virus, we're waging a war on the truth, the we're going to wage a war on the woke, they would look at you like you're freaking insane if you said that to somebody. And what that shows me is it's something that I've been saying on this show now for the last few weeks. It's that these Republican politicians live on frickin' Twitter. They live on the Internet. Everything they see is through the prism of the most extreme weirdos on Twitter. And then they regurgitate the same things that they say. 
but to a normal human being who like goes outside and like touches grass occasionally, like it sounds freaking bizarre. The woke mind virus, the war on woke, the the the, the waging. What are you even talking about? I, I got the Ukraine clip, so let's play the Ukraine clip. This is DeSantis' plan for how he's going to handle the war in Ukraine. Let me know if you know what what he's all right, you uh, wore the uniform. If you are elected president, you may be the first one in a while uh, to have worn the uniform. How would you address the ongoing war in Eastern Europe between Russia and Ukraine on day one of a Ron DeSantis presidency? Well, first, I think what we need to do as a veteran is recognize that our, our military uh, has become politicized. Uh, you talk about gender ideology, you talk about things like global warming that they're somehow concerned, and that's not the military that I served in. We need to return our military uh, to focusing on uh, commitment, focusing on the core values and the core mission. That would be something that I could take care of on day one. Uh, there'll be a new sheriff in town as commander-in-chief, and I think you'll see recruiting start to get back to where it needs to be because people don't want to join a woke military and I think it's been really, really problematic. Look, in terms of what's going on over in Eastern Europe, um, you know, I'd like to see a, a settlement of this. I do not want to see a wider war. I think it's completely unknowable Eastern what Europe. it will look like in January of 2025. Uh, but I would Europe. not want to see the United States with our troops uh, get a mess uh, in a war in Russia or in Ukraine. Jordy. I mean... I, I'm gonna, I don't even know what he was getting at, but if you look at Gowdy real quick, that's Gowdy, right, from Fox? Okay, do you know what is just coming to my mind as he talks and just looking at the man? He looks like Mr. Mackey from South Park. You guys, you guys remember that? I'll pull up. I'll pull up a photo. I just just look at the scene on Fox. Also, you have DeSantis speaking with a former Republican in the House of Representatives, who's now a host on Fox News. It's just. It's, it, it's all one incestuous Republican family over there on, on, on Fox who are trying to boost each other. And he didn't answer the question. His, his plan to solve the invasion of Ukraine is to end wokeness in the military? Like, how is that even a serious position to have? Like, what are you talking about? It avoids the question entirely. It shows that you're utterly unfit. You say people don't want to join the military because of wokeness. That's Bullshit. I'm sorry. I've talked to so many people about this. It's absolute bullshit. The reason why a lot of people are afraid to join the military is because they fight for this country, and then they come back, and people like the Trey Gowdies of the world, the Republicans of the world, vote to strip them of their veterans' benefits, and they end up getting nothing for all that they serve. That's why it's not because, oh, wokeness. That's not a thing in the military, okay? It's absolutely a ridiculous tension. Sorry, we, we, got, we got a lot to talk about here on the Might and Touch podcast, including the I'm fired up, though. I'm fired up. And, and by oh. the way, I'm optimistic that indictments from Special Counsel Jack Smith are on the near horizon. Even Donald Trump posted. Tomorrow, mañana. to be indicted soon. We'll talk about that and more when we return from this quick break. Oh, hey, when did you get here? Let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner. That's not. Jamie. 
Look, everyone knows how annoying cheap how about blow are. Me. The cuts, the irritation, the frustration. And don't get me started with subscription razor services. The headaches that those can cause. That's why you gotta meet Henson Soft Your Lomu. That's fifty dollars off blow when me. you head to lomi.com slash Midas and use the promo code Midas at checkout. Thank you, Lomi, for sponsoring this. We are back live on the Midas Touch podcast, and special thanks to our sponsors supporting this pro-democracy content. I want to talk about special counsel Jack Smith. Big development. We'll get to Mad Dog, but I really do want to speak first about the MAGA Republicans in the House of Representatives basically fleeing Washington, D.C. They just left Washington, D.C. to basically leave America. We are on the brink of a default because for the first time in American history, the MAGA Republicans who control the House of Representatives are saying they are not going to raise the debt ceiling. To be very clear, it's a very perfunctory function. It's just like something that you do. It, it is not a controversial topic or not a controversial concept before. It's never before been used as a negotiating wedge. So the very fact that there is even negotiation is abnormal in the first place. Where negotiations take place is not over raising the debt ceiling. That's as basic as checking a box. Where negotiations take place is over the budget appropriations process and where the priorities are. That's usually done in an omnibus bill. And so here, the MAGA Republicans said, we don't want to deal with it as part of appropriations. What we want to do is hold the entire global economy hostage. And we won't raise the debt ceiling by the way, with the debt that we created to pay for past bills that we're responsible for and crush the economy unless you enact our radical MAGA agenda. When people, friends, family, co-workers, when they talk to you about the debt ceiling, remember, 97% of all debt in the history of the United States was created before President Biden got into office. From that, about 25 to 30 percent of all debt in the history of the United States was by Donald Trump. The debt that is created that needs to be paid by raising the debt ceiling was caused by the Republicans. They are the arsonists. So when they lecture us about fiscal responsibility, Y'all are the fiscally irresponsible people who brought us into this situation. President Biden has reduced the deficit since he's been in office by $2 trillion. Donald Trump increased the deficit by close to $8 trillion. Those are the facts. MAGA Republicans are not fiscally responsible. What they are is give handouts to their billionaire friends. You got a yacht. You got private jets. You don't need to pay taxes on that. Full write-offs for you. And then you wonder why you can't raise revenue when you just give you those two examples right there. They give the handouts to their billionaire friends and screw over working-class Americans, then try to confuse their base by starting stupid freaking culture wars while their own base is suffering from their ridiculous policies. So just so you know, when we're even talking about the debt ceiling, 
It is critical that we talk about it with the appropriate <laughs> framework. And let's talk about what's went down, though. The MAGA Republicans have left. They fled. Uh, the Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, says that by June 1, America will default. By June 1, there will be a default. It will be a catastrophic event for the economy. And guess what? The RNC chair, Ronna Romney McDaniel, who doesn't use the Romney part of her name because Donald Trump told her not to, said that that possibility of default bodes very well for Republican presidential fields. Play this clip. And then you look at this debt ceiling crisis, you look at us about to default, and you see that the president took 90 days out from negotiating. He refused to come to the table with Republicans. Republicans have put a plan on the table. And this is an MIA president when it comes to problems that the American people are facing, whether it's energy independence, whether it's fentanyl, whether it's a broken border, whether it's crime surging in our streets. This is a president that is failing the American people. So I think that bodes very well for the Republican field. I will now show you Democratic Congress member Jaya Paul, and she set the record straight. Play this clip. Do you think you're willing to tank it if it's not? They are willing to tank it. They, no, 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 sorry. That is exactly the problem, is when the media reports this as not their fault. And I'm just going to say, I know so many of you, I have so much respect for what you do, but let's right, tell the truth public. here. We are not tanking anything. The debt ceiling has been raised because we have an appropriations process, and during the appropriations process, the budget process, we negotiate. The Republicans can try to get whatever they can there, but then we agree. No, this is important. The American people should hear this. Then we agree on spending. Republicans agree. Democrats agree. We decide. We appropriate money based on what Congress has passed legislation that we pass in this body that is democracy and then when it's time the debt ceiling is raised to accommodate what we have already passed republicans and democrats in a democratic process you know and i'm not trying to be so crass but it's like the media networks asking those questions are so dumb are so freaking lazy like how are you buying into the most absurd narrative? It's, it's not, is, is it difficult research for you? Is it hard for you to find out that never before in our history has the debt ceiling been used as a negotiating wedge? And then ask, well, who's using it as a negotiating wedge? Like, was that logical leap so difficult to try to figure out? Or do they just not give a crap, frankly, about their jobs as journalists they're so lazy, they just want Democrats, just, just Republicans, just, just put them on a split screen, yell at each other, commercial break. Yeah, but I, the good thing about it is we got a great response from Representative Jayapal, which I think was the clearest explanation of the problem that we've seen so far. And I was happy that she pushed back, because you have to tell them that question in and of itself is BS. It's based on an entirely false premise. We have Kevin McCarthy going around to every camera that he could find, and he has one line. He goes, it's not my fault, it's not my fault. It's the Democrats, you know, the Democrats. He puts in a weird Kevin McCarthy voice that he puts on. The Democrats, you know, they're addicted to spending. We're going to reel them in because the adults are finally in charge. Have you seen these people? You're going to call yourself the adults? You're going to act like, you know, when I watch that, I don't know, like, it, 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 he, 
he is like an abuser of our nation, like of our nation, and he's like just a sick person. Like when he says it, it looks like he almost revels in the hurt that he causes and inflicts. Like that's what I'm doing. Like 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 an, an abusive mind. That's a good point. Then you're exactly right. That that that's why he talks like that. That's why his eyes are so soulless. It's just he knows what he's doing. It's so detrimental to this nation, to the American people, and yet they don't care. You know, finally they they, they actually admitted to it in that clip. You know, that they, they they said the truth by accident. I guess um, when you play that clip back from Fox, the Republican Party. And we said this on the show, but it's important to say it many times over again. It's important for our audience to understand it and, and tell their friends. They don't want to lead. They, they actually don't want to help this country. They think the best thing that can happen to this country is, is economic turmoil. It's it, disaster the economy. to the economy, to our democracy. Why? So they can look and say, ha look at Biden. Ha this is going to help us, the Republicans, in the next campaign race. This is, this is amazing for us. And yet they just don't care. They don't look at the larger picture. It's me, me, me. It's that, it's that meme uh, where, um, what's, what's the comedian's name? I, I'm drawing a blank right now. But it's, uh, who, who did this? Who would do such a thing? It's the Republicans caused the problem. And then they run on, look at, look at the problem. Look at Democrats. Look at the problem. It's a manufactured crisis. We should not be in this problem in the first place. We're never in this problem. And all you have to do also is just look at the data throughout history on who runs up the deficit, who's irresponsible with finances. And we'll get to it a little later, but you don't only see it with the party at a national level. You see it in their committees. You see it in, in, in their uh, local committees. You see it all over the country with the Republicans. They actually don't know how to manage money. They, they, they sincerely cannot be trusted to lead anything. And if you go back and look at Reagan, you look at Reagan exploding the deficit. You look at Bush 41 exploding the deficit. You look at Clinton getting us to a surplus. Then you look at Bush bringing us to a $1.2 trillion deficit. Then you see Obama, once again, having the deficit, bringing it way down. You see Trump coming, the deficit goes way up. You see Biden coming, the deficit comes back down. It's like clockwork. It's, like, it's not like a one-off thing. It's every single time. Look, this debt ceiling story should be the equivalent, if you're the media, of knowing your ABCDF. It's that freaking data. If you are trying to overcomplicate something that is so freaking simple, how can we rely on large media and media in general to get any story? By the way, I'm not relying on right-wing media. But I mean, if this isn't obvious to what is supposed to be where they can't report on the basic fundamentals of this issue, and they have to both sides this issue, well, they are a complete and utter failure. How could we rely on them to deal with issues of actual sub-complexity? Again, this issue here, zero complexity. And how could you rely on ways? That simple. How could you rely on Republicans like... Lauren Boebert or Marjorie Taylor Greene or the people who are forced to listen to them like Kevin McCarthy. How do you listen to people like the woman we showed earlier from Georgia, the GOP chair, who thinks the earth is flat? They are the ones who are going to give us lessons on how the economy works or how climate change works. 
these are the people who we need to give a platform and be like, okay, we have to listen to these ideas and we have to equally weigh those ideas with just like the truth of how things actually operate in the world. Somebody I do really want to highlight though is this representative from Texas. I think his name is Representative Greg Kassar. He did a, a funny thing today to make a point um, during uh, the hearings that they had on the debt ceiling that only the Democrats showed up to. And he actually went to the Republican side of the aisle to give a speech to show, look, they're not even here right now. And I thought this was a brilliant takedown. Watch this. I'm Greg Kassad. I'm a brand new member of Congress representing Texas. And I'm standing over here on the Republican side of the aisle, not because I'm a Republican. I'm a Democrat, but I want the American people to see that there isn't any Republicans in the seats here behind me on the eve of our default. Where are the Republicans? This is not a simple political disagreement. This is a dire crisis being imposed on the working people of America. The American people could lose millions of jobs. You could lose your house. Your kids could lose their job. People can lose their savings, and they aren't even here. They want to burn the house down and blame the firefighters for the flames. They're listening to Donald Trump who's saying, do a default. That is shameful. It is dangerous. There's no patriotism in this. There's no morality in this. And we just need five Republicans to sign on to the discharge petition with us to save the American people. We need the American people to speak up about why the Republicans are not in these empty chairs. The American people can save us. The Democrats are aligned and ready to avoid a default and make sure that billionaires pay their fair share and folks aren't kicked off their health care or deprived of food. And the discharge Sorry, I was going to say the discharge petition is a way for the Democrats to circumvent the House Republicans and Kevin McCarthy by bringing a piece of legislation to the floor in a different way. And they have literally every single Democrat on board for the discharge position because the Democrats are united in this. The Democrats do not want to see America default on its debt. The problem is they would need, I believe it's at least five sane Republicans to say that they will do what both parties have done from the beginning of the debt ceiling, which is raise it and not send the country into a catastrophic default. They would just need to get five of them, but they cannot get five of them because there are not five sane Republicans at this moment in time who are willing to do what they view as being wow. something politically risky. And I got to give a shout out too quickly to these young Democrats who I think are just absolutely crushing it out there. Sorry. Yeah. No, I was going to say these MAGA Republicans who are in the House of Representatives. It's all the freshmen. How about fucking the term limits? Against the country. That's the only data point I need to know that they don't care about raising the debt ceiling. Term limits. We should file to suspend the entire Republican Party for several reasons. For cheating in elections, for the gen...
to have it suspended. They are effectively acting as a terrorist organization. Five sane Republicans. <laughs> you can't get five sane Republicans, you say. from economic ruin. Like I've always said, they would rather burn the house down. As I have... Mission point. And the just they wanted to overthrow our entire form of government and then afterwards they sing songs with the January sixth insurrection. These are people who were supposed to be able to negotiate. We covered live those 14 rounds where Kevin McCarthy was an elected speaker and had to cut these deals with Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene. By the way, Marjorie Taylor Greene now, as part of that deal, presides as Speaker of the House designee almost on a daily basis. Do we have the clip where she called... Exclamation point. <clears throat> Disqualify motherfuckers. Office. With 14 
amendments. Or 